Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's the Pompey Pubcast that combines the beers and the blues. Barros for Pompey, round Kushak goes down, penalty to pass with an old Trafford. Barros tripped by Thomas Kushak, who sent off Montari do the job. He steps up, left-footed, scores for Pompey. They lead an old Trafford in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Jamal Lowe's onside, the flag stayed down, Jamal Lowe, nonchalant, fantastic, brilliant. Portsmouth Football Club are promoted to League One. Curtis across the face of goal. This is Three Lads in the Pub. Three Lads in the Pub. Good evening, good morning, wherever you're listening from. We are at the Old House at Home for this episode. Uh, joining me as ever to my left is uh, Santa Claus in the middle of the table. Actually, you've got to give him a mention. Also, is Jeff Harris. Hi, Jeff. Hello, good we've evening. Actually, we've actually got Santa in the middle of I the know. table. Isn't it great? Double. It is double, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, shh, don't spoil the magic. Uh, also, and I know I said this every single week, and... Ryan, tell everyone my reaction when you walked in. What did I do? You shook your head and laughed. I just, I, you're taking the piss now, mate. Uh, like, like I said, uh, that when he was at the bar, he, he actually looks 10 years younger as you well. You do, mate, yeah. You're doing really well, mate. And I'll say it every single week, and I'm going to keep doing it. injections as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going the full hog. He's going to come back with turkey no, I spent my Botox yeah. money on Poppy away where days. Where are you going on holiday, Ryan? Turkey? Turkey. turkey. Come back with a full head of hair. Uh, I think my next holiday is Shrewsbury. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. He's going to go for the Hollywood smile, aren't you, Ryan? <laughs> uh, but looking good, mate. And uh, what have you gone for beer-wise? I've gone for a Moretti. Oh, you've cha- you don't usually get that, do you? You're normally, uh, I'm an normally a, a, an ale drinker. An ale drinker. Yeah, yeah, I've gone for a lager this time. Uh, Jeff? I've gone for a uh, uh, Cruz Campo. Okay. Uh, we don't need to ask what I've gone for. I'm just... Diet Coke. Uh, I must uh, gonna give a shout out to our usual superfan Aaron, who's not joining us tonight. It's partly my fault, but he's also quite busy as well. I forgot to tell him that we were here tonight, but he's busy anyway, so it's fine. But big shout out to Aaron. Not gonna be the same without you, mate. But I uh, hope you keep me well. Anyway, right, let's move on. Uh, this is gonna be a fun one because uh, I mean, Twitter was fun after the Blackpool game, wasn't it? 
Um, but there was a couple of people having a bit of a meltdown. But I think deep down we all probably knew it was just a blip, a bump in the road. But that 4-0 defeat, it did hurt, Jeff, didn't it? It, it, it did. And I think it was the, the almost capitulation at, and the mindless tackle that didn't need to be made at that end of the pitch. I get it. If you if you you've got a one v one and and the and the forwards running through on goal, you know, akin to Eric Huskelep that time, who and Oli who's notorious that, that that game at Old Trafford where he brought down the player and walked straight off. You make those challenges because you're taking one for the team. You don't do it in your in the opposition's defensive third when you still got five six players to win that ball back if it goes past you, um, and it was just. You know, the red mist came down and, and it was just uh, ill-timed. As soon as it happened, I was like, he's off. Yeah. He's off. It, it, it wasn't even it wasn't even a hard decision for the referee to make. Yeah. I'm just going to jump in here because I know, I know you're not saying this, but I know people will be like, why are you blaming Morel for the result? The result was no. inevitable, but that didn't help his teammates uh, out. No, it didn't. And, and you know, we were, we looked off it. You know, it was inevitable that Owen Dell was going to score. Obviously, how we, many we times? Literally said how it, many we? times? But how many times did we see that last season and he missed? <laughs> yeah, and he missed. Yeah, we yeah, knew it was coming. Yeah, he he yeah. got into that position and it went in. It, you know, and we said this is a totally different. Ryan said it as well. This is a totally different Blackpool from that team that went up to the championship. That Orthodox four four two. They 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 looked like they always had two additional players out there, and I think that was because um, Josh Martin wasn't doing anything. I don't think Kamara was doing anything. We were outnumbered in midfield, and 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 that's why I thought they always had space. They always they they kept their wing backs really wide, and that was all, you always say that you know you got to make that pitch as big as possible when you when you're in possession. And when you're out possession, you got to come narrow and make it tight and compact. And I thought Blackpool to a man were really superb at doing that look I, I don't I I personally don't think it was a 4-0 game it was a poor performance but if Joe Morrell never gets sent off that's not a 4-0 game that's that's probably a 2-1 that's we can all agree that, on that's, that's probably yeah. a 2-1 game uh, I, I think we look we would lose but it's it's by the odd goal um, you know Joe Morrell getting sent off it just just changes the momentum look their goal contentious goal it wasn't offside when you actually look at the the freeze frame of the angle that's right in line shotless he's playing them on side shotless he's playing them on side it wasn't offside so you can't you can't go on forever in a day two three four days later oh he was offside and that was just John Massino saying he was offside and it probably did look offside from from the angle of the dugout. It did. It did from the angle from the dugout. But, but, but the one the, was, the, the, the I've seen the I've seen the same freeze frame you have from in line of the edge of the penalty box from the south stand. Yeah. He's, He's on side. He's on side. <laughs> I hate to say it, folks. And I said it at the time. I said it there and then in the moment, irrespective if it was offside or not. Will Norris, you still got to die for that fucking ball. Oh, the, yeah, if the ball's in play, you go for it. You still got to go for it. Now, I don't think he makes it anyway, but you still got to try and get there. The fact he's put his hand up for offside as the ball's still moving in play. Honestly. That's baffling to me. And that's where it was a sign of... Desperation. That, 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 yeah, that was the sign where the players weren't going to get themselves out of that game. They were hoping that something else or someone else would get them out of trouble. 
And in the context of a single game, you knew that was it. Once the players start looking elsewhere to dig them out of trouble, that's it. And, and it's a cliche, you're only as good as your last game. And that goes both ways. Yeah. It's, it's about the reaction afterwards. Now, look, we had two fairly, I don't want to say innocuous games after that, but we had the ideal opportunity to bounce back. And we did bounce back, and we we'll talk about those games in a minute. Yeah, and you know, and, we, and one of those games we bounced back in style, and was like, do you know what? You, you've land, landed a, a, a sucker punch on the nose, and our nose is bleeding, but we're going to come back at you, and we're going to come back at you tenfold. Absolutely. Uh, let's wrap up on the Blackpool game. Like, obviously, we've all agreed that it was a, a decision that Morel didn't need to make, and I've seen people defending him. I don't think uh, even the even the manager at the end wasn't really on his side was it you can't go in for a challenge like that when you want a yellow no that's it the question end, is, of, end of conversation the, the question is before we move on to the next games the form of Alex Robertson and Marlon Pack in the last two games he doesn't get back in that side Joe Morell does not walk straight back into that side okay so this is going to be a good debate because me and Ryan have already had a chat about this we'll talk about this in a second um, but not I'm, not I'm not going for Morell I'd like him to snap out of this because it's not the first time we've seen it and it, and it, you know, it didn't cost us the result. It was inevitable, but that's something we've got to. Did, he's got to improve. Someone told me on Saturday, was it Saturday? Can't remember. How many red cards did Joe Morrell have before joining Pompey? How many red cards did Joe Morrell what have before joining Pompey? One, zero. <laughs> How many has he had since playing for Pompey? Five, five. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I ain't knocking the bloke. He loves it here, but yeah, that's but just, uh, just we something we... don't need we to do this as a disclaimer because every episode we talk about what Morel brings to the side when he's playing. He exactly. is Especially since mustard. Since the red card against Peterborough and his first game back against Derby, every time we've gone through who's your best player, the two players that got nominated like five, six games in a row were Paddy Lane and Joe Morel. No one on this podcast doesn't believe Joe Morrell's a good player. Listen back if you're <laughs> if you're a player looking for a soundbite to try and fucking hang us with, then you're not going to find it. Or if you're a fan trying to find a soundbite to go, oh, what's your agenda? You're not going to find it because we lord about Morrell yeah. so often. But at the same time, we are having this discussion again. He missed two games because of that silly lunge. So as good as Morrell is. Was it him or Lowry at the start of the season said that the best ability is availability? One's dead, and the others. <laughs> well, he's at, he, Lowry might actually be back soon, which is nice. And then the others already missed three games through suspension this yeah. season, and has not finished another two through suspend uh, through being yeah. sent off. I did, so that's um, five games where he's either been suspended for or been sent off in. Doesn't that equate to a basically a quarter of our season? Yeah. That's not availability. No. But when he does play. Again, he's one of he's that how many games it was between red card and red card, maybe the best Pompey player through that stretch, apart from the unbelievable emergence of Alex Robertson on a on a incremental curve in the last few games. But I just want to see him snap out of that. I just you know he's the perfect player if he can just avoid them silly challenges. I, look, I actually cards. like I actually like the midfield pairing of Morel and Robertson. Yeah, I, I agree. think we're more dynamic. I think we're 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 quicker through the midfield with those two as as a double pivot. Um, you know, as much as Marlon Pat's got a good passing range and technical ability, I just think sometimes when 
and I've said this before, you need two different types of players to play those pivots. You need someone who can be technically good with the ball and, and dribble the ball out of tight spaces and create. And you need someone who can ping that 30, 40 yard pass and Pat can do that. But equally, Robertson can do that and Morel can drive with the ball. I like to see, and it's great that both of them drive, whereas when we have Pack and Robertson, you, you, you know, Pack is the defensive midfielder and Robertson's got that, is, is that number eight who's that box-to-box box to box player but look you know whatever midfield pairing we've got in there it's great Marlon Pat's back now this this take nothing away from him and, and you know as one door shuts another door is opens and, and that's given the opportunity to Marlon Pat to get straight back in yeah um, should we wrap up from the Blackpool game look that was the the result was, was shit to take I think the better team absolutely won Blackpool th- fans seem to think we're salty no we actually thought you were the better team you deserved the win you know, we, we just want to see better decisions from our players in certain situations. Anyway, but yeah, um, they deserve the win. On to the next one. Um, what's that word I've been using on Twitter recently? Bounce back ability. I think we more than showed that against Burton, Ryan. Gritty evening, but <coughs> we knew there was going to be a bit of... Uh, maybe a little bit of tension after the Blackpool game because we wanted to see how we'd respond and... If you lose 4-0 at home, it is it is a bloody nose, as Jeff said. You don't want to lose home games full stop, but to lose them 4-0 is, is a horrendous feeling to go home with. So you go up to Burton three days later, and <laughs> it's not fair to expect this of the players, but if you're not 1-0 up within 10 minutes, you start to think, oh, God. And it's, 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 complete, it's, it's a completely irrational thing to think that if you're not 1-0 up after 10 minutes... But the longer that first half eked out in this tight, gritty midfield battle with Burton's five in there and the ball turning over quite frequently and it was us just trying to find space down the outside, you're thinking, oh, are we going to get locked into a a rather cold nil-nil here? And all of a sudden we started to find a little bit more space on the flanks and a little bit more behind their wingers and getting one-on-one with their full-backs and getting the ball into the box. And then... Bang, penalty. Wonderful ball, teasing ball down the sideline into the box. And Steve Seddon, Agent Seddon really, after his performance Tuesday, you want to talk about silly challenges. What are you doing? He, it was like, it was, we talked about Kamara against Blackpool, non-existent. Against Burton, he was a, he was like a man possessed. Yeah. He was like, I'm taking you on. And he had his number. Yeah. He had his number. Straight from the first minute. And even from, you know, the Perilla Stadium is very small. You, no matter where you are on the away end, you are at best level of the pitch eyesight. <coughs> Down the other end, eye level of the pitch, you knew it was a penalty. Just the way he goes in, the way the ball's so far away from him, the way Kamara edges in front, it's, it's every part of it's a penalty. And there was almost no protestation. Even the Burton fans who were a yard away just shrugged their shoulders like, yeah, fair enough. And then Colby Bishop, who is not dead, we don't think. Um, yeah, we'll come, yeah. A matter of weeks depends on your definition of weeks. We'll get on to is that I the same as Paddy Lane weeks. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll get on to the matter of definition of weeks later. Bishop does what he does from the spot. Brilliant. 1 0. We now have control of the game in terms of both the dictation of how we can approach their fullbacks now that one of them's on 
a very heavy yellow card because they're, they're, I feel there are different scalings of yellow cards. There's a yellow card for time wasting, which again we'll get onto, and there's a yellow card for a tackle from behind in the box. It's a, you know, how far away from a red card is your yellow card? I think Seddon is, you know, at the other end of that. So you get to go at him for the rest of the game knowing you didn't just get a light yellow card, you got a heavy yellow card. He obviously gets sent off later in the game. So great, we're 1-0 up on the scoreboard. One of the fullbacks is on a heavy yellow, as I like to call it. He gets sent off later on. And from that point, yeah, Burton, Burton had a few openings every now and then. But it's a 90-minute game of football. Most teams are going to have openings every now and then. But I thought from that point onward, while it wasn't a glamorous game, it was a game that I didn't feel we would let go of. And then a beautifully worked second goal. Oh. It had everything. It had little piece of intricate play in close quarters it had nice sweeping passes into open play or uh, into into space and you had players overlapping you had a little bit of christian sadie sit the fuck down son like he had everything and then it just had a nice sweeping finish from the man who has deserved to cough so long saying it and finally grabbed it alex robertson yeah i think i think what was nice to see was um Kamara and Rafferty Rafferty going on on the overlap and I, what, I like to see my fullbacks go on the overlap you know and get get a beyond get beyond the wingers and, and cause that chaos in, in the back four does does the opposition fullback track back drop off therefore your winger now gets an extra five yards of space and there was a moment in that game that five ten minutes before Kamara tries to back heel and, and Rafferty didn't really read it Rafferty went on the outside and Kamara's played it kind of more more straight and it went out for a goal kick. Yeah, but five, ten minutes later, that same kind of combination play was there and they had the confidence to try again. And the turn of pace that Rafferty was like, right, I am going to get there now. I know what you're going to do. You've done it five minutes before. I'm going to give you the call and I'm going. And you just see Rafferty coming to the picture and then all of a sudden he accelerates, gets the ball and, you know, deft little touch inside because that was quite a crowded, crowded six yard area to pick out Robertson um, but look you know that that ball out this, this wind it all the way back the ball out from Norris the control from Sadie and the strength and power to turn and control the ball on the, on the other Christian Sadie I've seen people comment what, what, or what does Christian Sadie bring big shout out to Ryan Lewis um, <laughs> oh, a direct <laughs> call out fuck him you know. <laughs> fuck him <laughs> but, but look Okay. <laughs> Love you, Ryan. The guy scored, what, 10 goals, <laughs> 9, 10 goals, 11, maybe 11 goals last season. Um, he's not, he isn't an out and out at the moment at centre forward. He's come in, he was asked to do a job in the 10 role as, a, as an emergency type thing. And he's, do you know what? When he's on it, he's, he's head and shoulders above everyone else. He's got the power, he's got the strength. And if you want someone to hold the ball up, in that 10 role and bring others into play Christian Sadie is that person I've seen the calls put Robertson in there yeah okay Robertson's probably a more technical person and an acute player but Christian Sadie brings that strength in there that a centre-half's going to have to come out and mark him if the centre-midfield player's not dra- dropping back in, and marking him personally the centre-half's got to come out if the centre-half comes out and marks him one-on-one that means Bishop's only got one player and we all know how good and strong Bishop is when he's on the field so now the two centre-halves are like, fuck, we're in a game here. 
we're in the game. We're in a physical battle and a technical battle. Because if we if we drop off the physical battle, they're going to win the technical battle. And if we don't win the technical battle, they're going to win the, the the physical battle. So you know that 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 whole move and there's an angle from behind the Burton goal that you see yeah. the Will Knight, and it's it's just like it. It's, it's like poetry in motion. It's akin to Archie Gemmell, Scotland versus... It's even the shoulder the barge. Cup. The <laughs> shoulder you know, barge. Dance. I may be familiar with that goal. <laughs> Where he dances his way through, he, he, you know. It's the shoulder barge for me that say yeah. you, he knocks the player on the floor. Like, no, yeah, fuck but, off. <laughs> but he's doing it on the turn whilst yeah. bringing the ball down. Yeah. That is a hard skill. I yeah. think those You're playouts from Norris, though, are going to be even more important because now that we've lost Paul, teams are, teams are going to notice we don't have Paul anymore and that our ability to play out from the back is not totally depleted but it is slightly lessened because Paul is one of the best on-ball centre-backs in the division he's one of the best centre-backs in the division however have you noticed recently a certain Sean Raggett has started hey, uh, well, again we're going to get <laughs> on to that for the Northampton game but the consequences I think more teams might start edging a little bit further up the field now that we don't have him because yeah. they'll be expecting us to still try and play the same way but have a lesser success rate of doing so. This is where if you drop the ball back into Norris, and again, we'll, we'll gloss over this in the Northampton game, teams edge forward when Norris then receives the ball back in. And it's just those dinks into the fullbacks or dinks into a midfielder who's sunk a little bit short. It completely, it already takes like four players out of the game. You get them turned around. You're then attacking an exposed underbelly. This happened on both Tuesday and Saturday. Yeah, I, I think t quite a few teams, maybe not the top end teams, have maybe got a little bit more discipline, but certainly a lot of you know the middle tables and I expect uh, the middle teams in the table, or, you know the 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 three quarter teams. I expect them to try and get a little bit more than they can actually get, and will punish will punish them in that soft underbelly. Norris's distribution now, those little dinks into the fullbacks and sunken midfielders, becomes even more important. Where teams are think we can have this. But it's it's delightful to watch, and then yeah, the the rest of that move is brilliant. It it just I'm it happy just sweeps the whole way up the field into the net. You look at the hype we have in that team. I, I know Regan Paul's no midget, but you know Sean the and it was prevalent uh, against Northampton. But Sean Raggett's aerial dominance with shotnessy at corners. Oh, you I do mean, and Colby when you got Colby <laughs> Bishop in the mix plus Shocknessy plus plus Sean Raggett plus Abu Kamara is not you know he's six foot two six three as well he's got a good height on him. Uh, it, 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 <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous the, huh? because the aerial it, threat is just at this moment in time and it won't be this way the whole season because players go in peaks and troughs but at this moment in the time Pompey have two routes just two to promotion. If the ball's an open play you give it to Alex Robertson. If the ball's at a set piece, you give it to Sean Raggett. Yeah. That's it. Because <laughs> or sh or Shotnessy. Or Shotnessy. Just, like, it's, or Bishop. It, it, it's absurd, but... like I mean, we've always talked about how good Raggett is in the air. And it's why it makes up for some short fallings on the ground. But Raggett in the air, I maintain, is one of the best at it. In, in the whole division in the air. And he proved it defensively two games in a row. He scored on Saturday as well. And against Burton, anything that, anything that came out of the night sky... He sent back. He returned to sender. Returned yeah. to sender. Him and Shock Nessie. It's it's like a missile defense system in the center, in the air. It, I can't imagine us being beat down the middle anymore through the air yeah. or from anywhere. And it's just an absurdly good thing to have. Yes, it 
raises other problems, but for the moment, we've got time to look at those problems specifically. Because we've got one area of their def of our defense locked down so well, you get the opportunity to focus more of your attention on one specific area of improvement. Yeah, it, it, it was almost amusing at times. But every time they'd send a ball in from the flanks or from from the the middle third, I was like, okay. It's not going to work out for you, no. but okay. <laughs> uh, what I liked about the end of the Burton game, and it may sound weird, thoroughly boring. Loved it. After what happened with Blackpool, then you've got games in quick succession. Players are beginning to drop. Bishop goes off in that game. And he didn't seem none too happy about it either. You want to get a game out of the way as quickly as possible to, to begin focusing on the next one. And you want to, to have less physical taxation on the players as you get into these really grueling uh, days of the season. The fact that the final 20 of the Burton game was thoroughly boring, a non-event, you're like, great. You can wind it down 25%. You can look ahead to Northampton where it's going to be cold it's going to be stiff on the players legs the less the, the few minutes you can play at 100% the better so even though I was you know stood in the terrace of Burton and I know I've got a fairly substantial drive home I love the fact that the last 20 or so was boring because we'd done our job we responded brilliantly from the Blackpool game we locked the game up we're able to look ahead to the game that is away again in the next few days and we'd already locked it up with 20 to go. I, I thought that was very, very well done by all involved. You don't want to be fighting that game in the 95th minute. No. And then go, oh, great. Now we've got to play Northampton in minus three degrees. I, I, I like the fact we're able to wrap it up, get moved on. Yeah. Uh, and going back to Robertson getting his first goal, we said it, I think, not too long ago. I said if he gets his first goal, I can see him banging a few in now. I hope so. But he's definitely... Well, I mean, what a player. He's just a joy to watch, isn't he? And he's, they say don't I, fall I, in I love. <coughs> as much... Don't that fall in love with a lone player. Oh, sorry, yeah. shit. I already have. I, I've, <laughs> seen some, I've seen some social media comments that, you know, he's worth 10 million. I, I don't think he is. 20. I, 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 don't, I don't think he's worth that amount. I think he's got an abundance of potential. And I think he'll be a great player if he... If he um, achieves his potential and achieves his ceiling that he's expected to do is he a 10 million player at the moment no but well it was Pazuna a 4 million player that's a debate for you but I think goalkeepers are a niche <laughs> position aren't they yeah they're, they're, you know but from you, league one they're from league I know he was playing for you know but he went did he do really well in the premiership when he went there I think he got okay he had a poor defence in front of him but he, w he was... Yeah, he was leaky as fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is, is Robertson ready for the Premiership? No, he's not. No. No. I do think he, he could... Could he do, he do a, jo a job in the Championship? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Is he worth 10 million? He's taken... Look, I'll be I'm honest. Sure. I'm, I'm going to give him all the praise he deserves. He's taken, oh, definitely. He's taken a while to get to this point, though. He has been quite frustrating to watch at times. But now, long may it continue. He's got this... If you, if you look about some of the turns he does and some of the plays. Now, he's, he's very good in tight situations, but I've noticed, if you watch closely, when Marlon packs on the field, the way he turns and the way he gets out of space is very similar to Marlon Pack. I think Marlon Pack has had a big influence on, on, that, on that experience playing in that deeper position. 
he's learned from Marlon. Marlon, you know, John Massino has always said that Marlon's like an extra coach out there and he's a coach on the field. And and if you look, if you really look closely at how Alex Robertson turns with the ball, I'm not saying distributes it or anything out and drives with the ball, but the way he turns is very similar to Marlon Pat. <clears throat> I think... Um I mentioned this a few weeks ago I'm pretty certain when we played Peterborough in that double header I say a few weeks that was three months ago the passing of time is relentless <laughs> anyway <laughs> I mentioned this when we played Peterborough in the double header I think it may have been later I don't know Ephraim Mason Clark went from Barnet stuck in the National League for how many years now and then within a year is League One Peterborough playoff semi-finalist should have been playoff finalist apart from the worst <coughs> capitulation. semi-final <laughs> capitulation comeback in the history of playoffs anywhere he went to Peterborough in a season became a, a playoff semi-finalist's best player of the season in a year players don't jump from National League to League One level in a year they were always League One players they just needed the right conditions yeah. in which to grow. Uh, the The best and weirdest analogy I can come up with is a plant is a plant, but it's not going to grow in the Arctic tundra. Uh, it, it needs the right conditions to grow, to fertilize and become the best of itself, to, be, to fulfill its own genetic aspirations. And footballers need that. Sometimes they need the right conditions, environmentally coaches, players to be around just to have the right things go their way at the right time to to be able to flourish like Ephraim Mason Clark he wasn't a National League player that went to League One player of the season for a playoff semi-finalist in he didn't even go in June he went in like August Yeah. so what eight, eight nine months you don't go from you don't jump two tiers as a quality of player He's in nine months now as well isn't he? yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you were always there it, that, that innate talent just needs to be unleashed the same goes with Alex Robertson he hadn't played much pro football apart from what five games at Ross County it's it's not a now that he's starting week in week out in a much more pressure cooker situation against hardened league one players it's probably a more diverse league well it is a more diverse league that there are quite literally more teams in league one than there are in in the Scottish football pyramid so you are playing against more players and Yes, being half Scottish, fuck it, better play. Scottish football is largely terrible. I, I don't make the rules, but it's true. It's why, like, Curtis Main has made a goddamn career up there, but he was dog shit here. Not my fucking fault. <laughs> like, it is what it is. It's true, it's, it's true, that's why it's funny. <laughs> apart from, but, 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 and, and, and I think Robertson is now playing that kind of football you need to to discover oh, go on, and go on. do all the things that are required oh, to become England, England are playing Scotland the player he needs to be. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Because if, if only one of those conditions fail, he might not make it. But at the moment, everything is coming up. Everything's coming up Millhouse for Robertson. What? And that, I, we'll get on to Northampton in a moment, but fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's showing on Saturday. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely phenomenal. So we wrapped up Burton, two 0 win. Oh, I just want to say uh, one last thing about Burton. I think I always like to look at players who cause us a problem, and I thought Barr on the right wing was was an an immense threat to Burton, especially in the first 35-40 minutes. 
he had he had Jack Sparks on, on as much as Kamara had had Seddon on strings, Barr had Sparks on strings. He it, did. You know, and yeah, he was the like, early he part go, of the second he half, like, he tortured him. Yeah, he goes, yeah, I know you're not a great 1v1 defender. And there was a couple of times where Jack Sparks bought some cheap free kicks and he went over um, and he and he got the free kicks. And I think he was fortunate in a couple of opportunities that he got the free kick. But, you know, if we are looking at teams, especially wingers, I've always said since, since August, I think we need two additional wingers. Players like Barr, who you can pick up from teams, a bit like what you were just saying about F, Mason F and Clark. If you can pick players up like Barr and and uh, and the uh, lad who plays right wing for Reading, if you can pick players up like that, and you can take those rough diamonds and go, do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you in and I'm gonna bring you up to our level because there's something there. You get those players on the cheap. They're League One experience. They've, they're, they're playing week in, week out at League One clubs. Okay, they may be in the middle to, to bottom third. But if you're going to bring players in from the championship, those players aren't going to drop down unless they're not getting game time and they want to get game time, so therefore they're not up to speed. Or you've got to take the top-end League Two players who are performing at the highest highest you know levels in League Two. Or you've got to take these rough diamonds in the middle third of League One and go, do you know what, there's something there and we, we, we can work with that? Yeah, you've got a few of these guys popping about League One who are kind of going under the radar in terms of how much they play League One football relative to their age. So when I saw Barr's name on the team sheet Tuesday night, about an hour before kickoff, when you know all the football admins around the country have this unwritten rule, but they do at the same time, I was thinking, is that... Is that the old Rochdale lad? And it was. I just thought, he can't be any more than... Because I remember, I remember him at Rochdale playing... He's a starter for League One uh, for Rochdale in League One at like 17. He's still only 20. Yeah. He's already played 40 games for Rochdale in League One and League Two. He's already like touching 20 or so for Burton at 20. And th- there's... A player in there who can be discovered. Uh, the way he tortured Sparks at the start of that second half. If if Burton were going to get back into the game, it was going to be in that specific encounter, that one-on-one showdown. And I'm glad it. I'm glad it petered out with us getting the second goal because it was starting to worry me that he kept beating him. But Bar Bar at the age of 20, having played probably around 40 to 50 League One games already, I'm estimating by the age of 20 there's a lot to go with him and uh, I think we'll see his name more yeah, uh, it, you know it, as much as this club seeks to rise up the, the football league ladder the pyramid I think Barr is one we'll see as well because I think he's Watford he's on the books at and so you expect him to raise the bar next year or so very nicely done Liam, <laughs> yes. thank you and then Same episode. and then the other one yeah. the other one I think of when I think <laughs> the one the, one, the other one I think of another player who I played in the same position same kind of age range in league one as well not anymore was uh shaden morris the young fleetwood wing who actually played with paddy lane for quite some time again he was 18 19 20 uh playing consistent league one football i uh he's gone off to aberdeen now now Aberdeen is one obviously you've got the old firm teams but Aberdeen is one of the more established better clubs outside the old firm in Scotland he'll be playing regular Premier League football there uh, for Aberdeen and again at a very tender age bracket but there's been quite a few of those players just 
again, going under the radar on League One, whose who's name I will I think we'll see more of. But yeah, Bar, oof, yeah, he had me wide in the second half. There you go. Uh, shall we finally wrap up, Burton? I said it about 10 minutes ago, but we're still going on about it. Let's talk about the one we're all excited to talk about, because Northampton, well, was just a joke, really, wasn't it? Cobblers. Bullied. <laughs> grow up uh, <laughs> Jeff you start what, what do you think look you know for how poor we were against Blackpool it was like a polar opposite against Northampton polar opposite we were you know you've only got to look at the comments from the Northampton fans Man City in disguise Man City in disguise you know it right <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is one of my um, third eyes but I'm going to bring it into now because you mentioned it it's been so long since we as a club have had a team that we can absolutely believe in and it's been even longer since we've had a team that other fans have liked remember last season when even Plymouth fans were sympathising yeah. with us even Plymouth felt bad for us in terms of what we're putting up with it's been so long since other fans were impressed with us that some that guy who said oh, it's, it's too bad we were playing against Man City in disguise <laughs> quite a few Plymouth fans like took it the wrong way as, a, as an insinuation that we were buying the league we're, we've been so down in the dumps about how we feel about this team that even a compliment to us now we're like what the fuck you, you fucking you come over here <laughs> <laughs> hey, some, yeah. some poor Northampton fans trying to give us a lovely heartfelt compliment is like would you fucking say you cheeky little rat but even even the <laughs> it the, buckled me the Northampton commentary team were waxing lyrical uh, I was just about to say they about were about yeah. how good we were you know they thought because we lost 4-0 to Blackpool and you know you should never go oh they lost 4-0 against Blackpool and we just beat them 2-1 so therefore we should have an easy game um, you know and we caught Blackpool with that with the I, I know, I know um, Critchley came out and said they were mentally tired after the, after the result against Pompey and that's why they lost against Northampton the Northampton comms team were going oh yeah no, this should be an easy game for us we should at least get a point blah 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 and then we just blitzed them absolutely blitzed them I did was I, I was saying to Ryan I was listening to the to the commentary and they they did make me laugh a few times I could see we were absolutely annihilating it and they said oh I think we'll, we'll get back into the game I was like you're not <laughs> no way yeah. you know, they were no like, way they were like saying you know you go in, go in at half time 2-1 get, get another goal you know and then yeah second half just bullied killed bullied off. Absolutely. And th this is a bullying that that doesn't even have Yangi with the best in the world did quite well. Oh, he did God. miss an open goal though. He <laughs> like, I'm just gonna scored. say he missed an open goal. Right, we'll move on. <laughs> but again, that three 0 it it includes missing an open if goal. We didn't and it get includes result, missing other opportunities. It could have been more than three. We bullied them. It was I'd not seen uh, and I don't care. Uh, oh, it's only Northampton. Well, they went to Blackpool, who stuffed us and beat them. Yeah. So clearly, it's Northampton that can do something. They did more to Blackpool than we could fucking manage. One nil. So. <laughs> What's the score, Ryan? What's that? <laughs> What's the score, Ryan? Uh, it's England one, Scotland nil. You realise I'm half English. I know, but I just just trying to. <laughs> <laughs> he's celebrating the, the, the part that's half English now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Liam asks a man who's born and raised in Portsmouth what the England score is like yeah. I'm supposed to be upset <laughs> it did make me laugh earlier <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when Ryan had his outburst earlier about the um, 
about all the about the, the obviously the what our fans say when people compliment us. I think everyone thought you were kicking off over here. You got some good looks. <laughs> yeah, some, someone did shout out. It's Christmas. Be kind. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I, uh, but anyway, look. Let's give it. Let's get back to the Northampton gate. Look, it was. I, I was just mesmerised by some yeah, of the stuff was, on the show. There was some of the passages of play. Um, you know, you look at great to see Paddy Lane back on the score sheet, and we talked about Paddy Lane's confidence being destroyed at Fleetwood uh, un, under Scott Brown, and you know they had, they had a they had a diamond there, they had a rough diamond there, and Scott Brown, for whatever reason, just just annihilated his 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 confidence. Could have had a hat trick. As well. Yeah, you I mean have. that that chance in the second half, he, and you just like just hit it with your right foot, hit it with your right, and he and he's in two minds, and he's kind of hit it with his left, and it's gone at the keeper. And you're like, if he just, I know it's hard 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 to do when it's easy to say when you're watching it and you can see the angle, but that, that whole right hand, the left hand side of the keeper's goal, there's a massive gaping gap there. That he just he could have just cushioned it. He also it in. had a, he had the uh, support of Yengi as well. Yeah. But yeah. but he's always he has every right to go for that. Oh, yeah. 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 I when Yenge it comes wasn't very happy, when it comes to like Paddy that. Lane, what I would do if I had the time, someone else can do it. Uh, FPG with the player watches. This would be a good one. Every single performance that Paddy Lane puts out, transpose it with the showing at Derby. Because Paddy Lane looked terrified yeah. at Derby, and as good he is, he has been. He is one of the players whose timidness at Derby is partially attributed to why we didn't win at Derby. And I think, and then every game since, starting with the game three days later at Barnsley, where he, he has one on one for fifty yards and strokes it into the top corner. And the goal before that, where he go, he skips over two players, sends it into the box, we get a penalty, all within the space of like two minutes. Every Paddy Lane performance since that scared, whatever it was at Derby, but terrified, every performance just then go back to the Derby game. It is a totally different player. I was waiting, I was praying for the day his confidence would match the ability I knew he had. And once again, Saturday, he... I loved it because Northampton were trying to play high. Uh, Will Norris was not time-wasting that he got a booking for. It was just, again, it's him trying to draw that Northampton team further and further away from their own goal and how many times did one ball go over the top Paddy Lane beats his man and he's in behind and a hyper confident Paddy Lane matches his ability once again rounds off with two goals could have been more and, and I think I think if you look back at the over the last three games you look at Kamara's performance I think Kamara goes missing in big games at Fratton Park because he, he's relatively young, he's not been experienced. Okay, he's played a, you know, a couple of games from Norwich where he's come on in the dying minutes. Yeah, but, but Blackpool, big game, big game. Whether you're at their place or our place, sold out Fratton Park. He, he he's non-existent in that game. He then goes to Burton, and like we said just a minute ago, he has Steve Seddon on the strings. It's, 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 it's a big game in the terms of the response you've got to put in, yet the, the crowd and the size of the crowd and everything else is, is a lot less than playing that sold-out 19,500 Fatton Park. 
So, so you you see a different Abu Kamara. You then take go to Northampton. Similar conditions, smaller crowd, smaller ground. He can showcase his talents. The pressure's off him in that sense. This it's is a, it's a mental, and that's why I think. Okay, I, I I said earlier. I think we were, we were missing two players, and we always looked like we were two players down. Because I think Josh Martin was the same against Blackpool. Josh Martin against Blackpool was like, it's my first game at Fatten Park. I've got to play it safe. I don't want to make a mistake because if I make a mistake, they're gonna, this is my first impression. Well, I think so, that one-on-one showed all it needed to. Yeah. Because he had about 100 options for that I've one-on-one. I've said this before. A lot of, and I'm not doubting Kamara, by the way, because he's a great player, but a lot of players cannot handle the pressure of Fratton Park. Because you see that they they struggle under the um, in front of Pompey fans at the home ground. Yeah. As soon as they're away, they're different. This is partially why club. This is partially why clubs send their players out on loan rather than just keep them in house. Because you go from playing Premier League two games against other lads your age in front of four fans to grown men in front of twenty thousand people. It's it's not just about the physical conditioning against grown men that you learn it's not just about the faster pace of the game against more seasoned veterans it's not about the more technical close quarter abilities that again grown men have honed for a number of years it's the the theater of football that you play in that's entirely different you're not showing up to a well-maintained 4g pitch in the outskirts of insert town here you are under the lights 7.45 with Sky TV Sky TV and drums and meh you know <laughs> it's it's different it's so different and for a 19 year old who's whose maximum experience before that is Premier League 2 games that I think is the biggest difference of all because football is football yes there, there are tweaks and nuances but you're still playing 110 by 70. You're still playing 11 versus 11. There's two two goals at either end. But the the biggest observable change when you go from Premier League 2 to League 1, it won't be the footballers. They'll all have shorts on, socks on. You know they're going to be good. You know they're going to be strong. But it's what you see around you. And there's, there's not a single player in the world who's able to take their eyes off the stands for 90 minutes. Because every way you can't just look at you can't just look down at the floor like that. You are gonna look up. You are gonna see everything. It's it's how you mentally attune yourself to be able to zone out of that and then just focus on the football pitch. It's tough for for a is is well. I I think Kamara's still nineteen. He might be twenty, but a maximum is twenty. It's tough, and that that's yeah. gonna take adjusting to. Yeah, you got to look at players like that have played at Fratton Park before. John Marquis couldn't hit a barn door at Fratton Park. Sorry, still can't hit a barn door at Bristol Rovers. Uh, so it's a bad example to use. But there's this place <laughs> that have, have struggled at Pompey, but then gone on to do well. I think it is a tough. It is there's no doubt that it's a tough place to play. It's Fratton the weight Park. of expectation. It's the weight of the shirt. Absolutely. It's the weight and of the shirt on the back. And this is I just wanted to have a pop at John Marquis. By the way, I, know, I knew you'd <laughs> that. This is where you have to toe the fine line of we don't want to develop another club's player for them. But at the same time, what if he's useful in the meantime? Yes. What if he? What if he's good enough for us in the meantime while we develop him for another club? I believe Kamara, week by week, is absolutely getting there. He's a far cry from the man who came on with 20 minutes to go at Barnsley and told to batten down the hatches, help Jack Sparks and run. 
and he didn't. He just did not help out in that Barnsley game. And I drove, I drove the four hours home from Barnsley that night, and I was thinking, Kamara, what the hell was that cameo about? What, what was the point of you being on the pitch if we're all looking down the barrel of another three-three at South End? You've come on with twenty minutes to go, and you're not bloody helping. He's, he's three months already. He's a far cry from that guy. Well, not even three months. It's two and a half months. He's a far cry from that guy already. In, he's got in, great in two and a half he, months that he, he is going places, and we've still got over half the season to go. What Kamara might be able to do in the final twenty, final fifteen of the season, if he if he carries on this rate of progression, I, I believe so far we've made the right decision with Kamara and we're not just developing another club's player we're at the same time getting a player who has tangible benefits to us and I you, believe we'll see that down the stretch if you look at our two marquee winger signings one's been injured since August the other one is non-existent non-existent and and yet Jack Sparks I've, I've said early on Jack Sparks as a left back was a better winger than Gavin White. Was a better winger than Gavin White. Now, Gavin White's got ability. You know that because of the clubs he's played for and his stats have backed it up. It's down to John Massinho, John Harley and Zesh Raymond to, to, get, um, to get that ability back. You don't lose your ability. You do not lose that technical ability. What's, it's the, a, what's the saying? Form, form is temporary, class is permanent. Yeah. You know, you don't lose that. There is a player there in Gavin White. And for whatever reason, we have not we have not seen that player. There was a wonderful four minutes away at Wigan where he came on as a sub, nutmegged a player, got to the corner of the box and lashed one to the near post and the goalkeeper had to really get down and push it wide. I was thinking, hello. We finally got Gavin White, confident Gavin White. Here we go, Gavin White. Up the blues, Gavin White. Shagging everything, Gavin White. No, it went again. It I really again. want it to work for him, but... Now, yeah. the good thing is we still have over half a season to try and get it right with Gavin White. At the same time, what if you get to late January, which is still over a month away, and you're thinking, this shit ain't working out, and we, we really want to try and take advantage of this absurd League One season where Reading is only getting worse as a football club. They're, you know, two of the three relegated clubs are already out the window. It's not going to be Wigan. It's not going to be Reading. It's only Blackpool out of the relegated clubs that's a threat. This, we've got to take advantage of this. So it might lead to us being a bit more cold-blooded with Gavin White, where let's say if it was last season or year before, we've got hyper-powered teams, everyone in League One, you might go, all right, Gavin, you've got a bit longer. But in this season, when we need to take advantage and we are currently... In that, in that top two sector. Well, well, no, Gavin. You're taking up one of the senior slots on the squad list and you're not producing. We're trying I, to get out of this I, league. Like, I want it to work do? with. I want it to work with Gavin White, but we might, we might have to... If we go another month down the line and he's still nowhere near what we need him to be, what do you do? I, I'm, I'm the same. With, I know Scully's been injured, but I'm the same with Scully. I, I'm, I'm like, right, you're going to a League Two club, you're going to prove your fitness, and you're going to come back fighting fit, ready for next season, in the Championship. Same as White. They're both, for me, we've, I've said it from, from the second week of August, and I, I saw enough in those first opening weeks, 
to suggest that Scully, no, I've long said on social media, especially on Twitter, if we can get the Lincoln Scully playing, and we can get oh, that Lincoln, Lincoln Scully, Scully, we've got a player. He won player of the season in a side that had Tom Hoffer and Brennan Johnson yeah. in, that, in that attacking front three. Like, that's the Lincoln... He was in a playoff final. It's more than Pompey have done since we've been in, in League I, One. I just, but he's clearly got something. I, it, it, again, it's that risk. I think you can only have one of them in the squad. You can only gamble on one of them. And I think John Massino seen enough of, as Ryan said, seen enough of Gavin White to say, you, you've got another four weeks, otherwise you're, you're going on loan. Yeah. And he'll keep Scully because Scully's, he hasn't seen enough of Scully. I, I, again, I, I, I think Scully's in the same bracket. I really, I, I mean, I want it to work out for all of our players, but I do. I, I, do, I really but I just want, it, I really want it to work out with Gavin White because there's such a hype of him coming there, in. There was such a hype, and there's got to be someone there. He's, he's here's the thing. Here's, here's, here's the case in point. Have Pompey been a nice club over the last four years? Have we been nice to players? Have we been given uh, for the most we, part? Have we been given young? 19 year olds who tore their both cruciate ligaments and both knees uh, an extra contract because we ain't seen enough of them and we're going to do the right thing about them for the most part if you want promotion you've got to be fucking ruthless and you've got to make those hard decisions you you have to you have to because if you're old and we said it we said it before and it was a talking point at the fans comment if we don't get promotion is it failure <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're, we're getting to the business end of the season now we are getting to the look. If you're, if you, I, it, again, it's a cliche. If you're in the top two, come Christmas, Christmas by Boxing Day. If you're in the top two, that's the business end. You've got to cement your, you, you've got to cement, and you've yeah. got to push on. You've got to put, you've got to go. But do you think Bolton aren't going to strengthen, strengthen in January? Well, it won't necessarily, it won't necessarily think, be Bolton. It'll be the teams it'll, who it'll are chasing. Peter, it'll, it'll be, be the teams chasing. It'll be it'll be bloody Charlton, Stevenage, Steven, yeah, exactly. But and they, this is where we have to make the right decisions. Now, who knows? The right decision, maybe keeping Gavin White, because as much as uh, I said a few minutes ago, Abu Kamara is already making strides since that cameo at Barnsley, and we've still got six months of that to go. In the same aspect, from a, from another perspective. Gavin White's still got six months to go. Who knows what Gavin White may turn around in two or three months and then carry on. I will. But this is where, like, guys like Rich Hughes, the, he's already, you can argue he's already made some of his money from most of the signings he's brought in and collectively with Moose brought in to the team who are playing well. But January is colossal because as it goes, what are we, December 5th, 4th? Fifth. Fifth. We are 20 days from Christmas. And typically, everyone does that thing where if you're in this position on Boxing Day, statistically, you're in the, the, the position by the end of the season. Should we not remind ourselves of where we yeah. were? Well, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but people start compiling those figures around Boxing Day because people traditionally do it as the midpoint of the season. Actually, it, it kind of dropped in the modern day where there's so much football now and postponements. Game 23 is no longer there. Game 23 normally falls to about mid-January, which, good thing, middle of the window. You talk about business end, Jeff. The absolute start of the definition of uh, business end of the season is game 24 because it's 
the other 23 games. It's You've gone uphill to halfway, you know, downhill the race towards the end of the season. What plays do you believe in for the back half of the season, the downhill half of the season towards the end of the season? I think Gavin White at the moment is running out of time. I, I agree. I agree with you. I, I and I hate I hate it because we're doing well and I want to believe in all of our players, but at the same time, come on, Gavin. <laughs> I want you to be part of this squad, but right now you're n- kind of not proving that you deserve to be. Yeah. Uh, I think we've gone bloody off track here. We, well, we've wrapped up Northampton, haven't we? Um, just want to say one more thing to Northampton. Don't leave Sean Raggett unmarked. No, that was silly. Again, Robson <laughs> open play, Raggett set piece. What the hell are you doing? Even the commentator said, you don't... And who was it who said that? No, it was Andy Moon. You do not leave Sean Raggett unmarked. Actually quite clever from Yengi as well. Yeah. Because they start as a pair. So you start. they actually started the routine with four players at the back post. Yengi then curls the run to the penalty spot, taking his man with him. You're then left with worst case scenario for Raggett. The worst case scenario is one-on-one. Now, if that's your worst case scenario as one of the best aerial presences in League One, that's like a best case scenario for 80% of other players in the division. His worst case scenario is what other players dream of being one-on-one at the back post. As soon as that drops to his head, as much as he called out Ryan Lewis earlier, I'm now going to like equalise it because Ryan Lewis whispered softly in my ear (laughs) just as the corner was about to be taken. No, that post racket 1-1 one, one. and it fucking happened are you sure he didn't whisper Domino <laughs> <laughs> that's doing my bloody head in but it's, it's clever isn't it that and, and, and so it transpired <laughs> and yeah it, it was it was a fantastic day in Northampton to the point where at 3-0 we started chanting you should have gone Christmas shopping <laughs> <laughs> and Northampton fans they couldn't even be annoyed about it yeah. <laughs> they were just like yeah fair enough it was a great win 3-0 win for the Blues so two wins back to back after that 4-0 win and like you said Ryan five goals scored none conceded not bad for a team that's been found out yeah, yeah, next found game out FC. Uh, yeah. Bolton is the next one now this is a whole different kettle of fish Jeff uh, under the uh, under the lights on the TV I don't know how to feel about it if it was a Tuesday night uh, I'd be a lot more confident I just don't does the day does the day I, make I, a difference I think it does I think it does we're always shit it, it, on a Monday no, but, shit but, on a Monday you know you get in a routine Saturday, Tuesday maybe a Wednesday Saturday, Tuesday Saturday, Tuesday and then all of a sudden you're playing a Monday so your your whole routine has changed so instead of playing playing Saturday you're now training Saturday and you're now training Sunday you know it might be a light session but your your whole psyche and your whole routine goes out of kilter now the advantage is Bolton have got to travel down on the Sunday so their 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 routine is even worse than what our routine is so for me it's about who adapts adapts more and adapts quicker on the night but you know Fatten Park under the lights is always a special occasion. I don't well, want to hear John Messina. Think about the game last season. If we lose, I don't want to hear Messina exactly. at the end say the game it's last because season, it's we Monday. were expecting a loss and we yeah. absolutely thumped him. So, John, yeah. so John, why do you think we lost tonight? Because oh, we played on a Monday. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I know, oh, I know a few people. I'll, I'll get that Nigel Farage <laughs> gift ready. You all laughed at me. You all laughed at me. <laughs> Who's laughing now? I know people are banking their hopes on Bishop's return for Monday against Bolton. 
But I would look to last season's game where unlikely heroes in unlikely situations can turn the tide. Riley Towler, two goals in what? Five minutes? Yeah. One beautiful, like, arcing header. Dunno, and see the him. other was a back post. Fucking uh, missed both of them. Half volley volley. <laughs> two Riley Towler goals with his head and his right foot. So neither goal with his the best part of his body, which is his left foot to turn the tide before Bishop then scores to make it 3-1 so ahead of Bolton think back to the last time we played Bolton under the lights at Fratton Park <laughs> fucking freezing unlikely heroes in unlikely situations so if Bishop doesn't play Monday fine we'll find a way champions win ugly because I know people will think about Chesterfield and they'll think about Blackpool don't think about all the times we did find a way think about all the times where we were 1-0 down with uh, 10 minutes to go at Derby and we found a way or when we were 2-0 down at Reading and found a way so if Bishop doesn't start fine we'll find a way I think I think for me the key battle is the midfield area if you can stem the, the stem the amount of passes that get through to Dion Charles yeah you're in for a chance yeah you're in for a chance I know I know we can wax lyrical about the aerial presence of Raggett and Shockness and we can wax lyrical about how good Shockness he's been in general but if we allow to, if we allow Bolton to get the ball on the deck in the final third, we could be in trouble. It, it's such, I, a, it's such a good I, and attacking I unit. And I'll, I'll say it now, and you'll look at me like I'm fucking barking. Ryan's just made a really good point there about if they get it on the deck. I wouldn't be surprised if Shotnessy moves over to the right and Taylor comes in just to give us that that additional pace and that that. You know, that 1v1 that Towler can give us at, at left centre-back because Towler is the more technical footballer and he's, has got that faster ground speed and covers the ground a lot faster. But I'm more than happy for Sean Raggett to be in Whilst there. I agree, Raggett's not getting dropped. On paper, I see the logic in it. But in the same sense we talked about, you know, Abu Kamara needing a bit of time to adjust to big games we'd then be asking a 20-year-old Riley Towler to step in for Sky TV under the lights, sold out, top two clash. It's a big game for him to be sent straight into. Whereas actually Raggett, from a, from a mental perspective, I, I, from a technical perspective, I fully get what you're on about. But from what, from what this game is Monday, I'd go with Raggett's level-headedness and experience for this one. Like I, I get it with Tyler, but I, I'm not sure I'm comfortable. I'm with just asking. saying, I, w I wouldn't be surprised if you yeah. see Tyler. I, I come get in. it, but yeah, I think asking a 20 year old to to jump into that situation, and say, go and shut down Dion Charles. Oh God, I wouldn't want to be anyone in that situation. I mean, I, I lobbied to try and sign Dion Charles. Oh, I did ages ago. We, and both, it, we were both. It did work. You know, look, <laughs> if, imagine if, Charles if, and Bishop together again, like if, the old Aki days. If in some bizarre alternative you know world scenario that Pompey go up and Bolton don't go up I expect B Pompey to be bashing down Bolton's door and saying here's a million quid we want Dion Charles because Dion Charles playing in the hole behind Bishop like they did at Atkinson the only reason those two players did not did not get higher teams at that point is because it was Atkinson Stanley and the other eight nine players that were around them yeah and, and Charles is in a contract dispute 
They no, score. They were scoring twenty goals each a season for for Atkinson. Easily, e- they were easily in the high, high. You know, the high teens, low, low. You know. Yeah, and they, were, they were brilliant together. Yeah, that that is a partnership I would love to see back at Fatton Park on the same side. We'll see. Prediction for Bolton, Ryan. One one. Jeff. Two one Pompey. Two nil Pompey win. <laughs> for me. Um, any other business? I'm gonna go straight in. Are we doing? Oh no, is it features? features. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Prick. Uh, right, features then. Um, um, as as you can see, we're organised, and Jeff's definitely not loading his notes up while I talk and fill time. And three, two, one. Jeff is ready. I think so. <laughs> the magic of radio. Yeah. <laughs> we that can was, delete this. That was my proper radio voice, wasn't it? Three, two, one, go. Okay, stand by. Off you okay, go. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so, um, against Blackpool, the. the <laughs> Knowing you, you, you're just minding your own business and you catch something out the corner of your eye and you turn around. I want to I wanna mention, and this, this is a, an, an early dub. This is an early dub combined third eye. 2-0 England. There was a stab do outside in the fan zone. You weren't, you weren't DJing so you never saw him. And I turned around and the stag was in fancy dress as tradition. Do you know what his fancy dress was? Please don't say what I think oh, you're going to say. Oh, I saw this, um, but I've forgotten it. It wasn't in a kit from down the road, was it? No. Oh, no. good. No, I saw this, but you, yeah. He was dressed as John Westwood. That's, <laughs> that's right. He had the clown shoes on, the hat, that's the wig. That's brilliant. That's he had brilliant. the waistcoat on. He had the face tattoos on his face. And he went, meh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, that's absolutely genius. You've seen the little kid that dressed up as Halloween as John Westwood as well. That was you, good. You've come to Fat <laughs> Park on a stag do, and you've dressed a stag up as John Westwood. That's genius. I'm, I'm assuming it's a stag do, and he hasn't just done it deliberately. Oh, you know. yeah. <laughs> um, that would be questionable. But So, yeah, uh, half-time. Two things at half-time. The, uh, and I always, 3-0. I always, I always <laughs> think it's... I always think it's subliminal. Subliminal. Um, the the and you'll know this. You've done the the the, the halftime comms and, and all that. The choice of music being played. <laughs> there was a song at halftime against Blackpool. The Clash. Should I stay or should I go? Now? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, how apt? Because <coughs> normally when we play an FA Cup game at Fatton Park and we get knocked out. The first song that comes on is Road to Nowhere. Have we ever noticed? <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so, yeah. so we were, we were, you know, we were losing against Blackpool. Should I say, I, say, I was like, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, the, annou- the stadium announcer, did you notice the scores? Yes. Read yes. out, read out the wrong scores. <coughs> For, he read out the scores from the week previous. Yeah, <laughs> Blackpool were playing Bolton or something like that. We're like, no, they're, no, they're, 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 they're here. here. They're fucking winning. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, people were five nil up against Cambridge. It's like, okay, it was like we'll start that again. Um, <laughs> Easy mistake to make. Burton. So, Burton have got this habitual comment about Westwood. And they were like, they were laughing out. Here's the drum and bell. Yeah, yeah, there's the drum. Now there's the bell. Oh, there's the bugle. 
He said maybe we should start a Spotify playlist up of Portsmouth drum and bell instead of drum and bass. And they were going on about 10 minutes just co- commentating Christ. about, the, about the, the drums and about how annoying it was. And they've done that for about the last three seasons, right? Um, they were also talking about Marlon Pack's Tash, saying he resembled Hulk Hogan. Now, if he was blonde and he had that handlebar moustache, he, he, he does actually look like Hulk Hogan. He does. Did you also? However, did I, I realise why he had. Yeah, the I, was, I was literally yes. about to okay, say this, Liam. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, you, as a rule of thumb for people, don't comment on a man's facial hair in November. Yeah, just don't. But, the, but <laughs> just the, don't. The there's there's comment, a reason for it. The exactly. best comment about his tash was they were they were talking about our salmon pink 125 year anniversary kit, and said. All Marlon Pack needs now is the boot lace in the front of his shirt, and he looks like he belongs in the 1920s. Charlie, Charles, Charlie George. Um, Here's Babe Ruff, stab for the white. And then the last one, Northampton. What is the rule when the substitutes warm up? What do they have to wear? Oh, training uh, kit. Bibs. Or a bib, sorry. Bibs. You were at Northampton. I you was. Wa- you watched it on yeah. some moody I follow. Don't I know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> the. Mascot. Where was the mascot during the first half? An idiot, because he broke the flag coming out uh, when they were doing the flag wave and ceremony for kickoff. He broke his own flag. Yeah. But where uh, was but he, he was like the first a, half? Uh, down. He was in the half. The half complete stand. He was running up and down the, the touchline, and at one point he was gesticulating to have the ball pass to him. Yeah, I was like, I can believe I it. I was like, but. but Hold on a minute. What if a Northampton player actually looked up and all they saw was a claret top and actually passed it to the mascot? Have you seen that video of the player it's passing the ball to the stewards? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, that's what I was like. I was, like, I was willing him. It was an each perfect pass as I, well. I was willing him for the 45 minutes of the first half going, please pass the ball to the mascot. Please pass the ball Can to the imagine? mascot. But oh, yeah, um, they, were, they were the third eyes. I'll add one I don't know if this is going to be in double din but the commentary team for Burton fucking hell I've never heard anything like the, it the main commentator yeah, the main commentator did say why Why didn't Kamara get a yellow card and Steve Seddon kicked Kamara in the head and got his second yellow and got control and given his due the, 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 the co-commentator said well to be fair Kamara had his back to him he's, he's tried to hook it over his shoulder the player's come in he didn't know he was there and he's caught him he said where is Steve Seddon on the other hand he's running side by side with Kamara he stuck his foot up Kamara's gone down and therefore it's a deliberate play of the ball it was, whilst um, the head was coming and, and the co-commentator did actually defend why Steve Seddon got the second yellow card I'll be honest it was painful to listen to yeah. uh, the Northampton one it was, it was good commentary it was nice you know but I did notice the commentator did not let his co-commentator talk at all. Did you? Were you there? No, I, I, I listened. Did, did you to listen like to you. it? He just didn't let him speak. <laughs> you know, like I get it right. As as I, I, I'm not a commentator, not claiming to be, but I know how. I kind of know how they work. It's something. Can you speak on the radio. Shut up. There it is. <laughs> if right, if there's something happening in the game where you know there's going to be a chance, and the commentator needs to butt in, they will. But this guy was not letting his co-commentator speak at all, regardless of what was happening. I felt yeah, sorry yeah. for him. It was hard. Yeah, yeah. It was hard to listen to. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Probably a few other people noticed that. Uh, but, but Northampton commentary all round was generally actually it was nice. It was good to listen to. It was, it's like you say. It's it's odd to hear these. T- 
teams, play, you know, um, fans and commentary teams talk about us like they do. And it kind of makes you realise how far we have come this season, doesn't it? So, yeah, long may that continue. But, yeah, that's all I have, really. Dub and Din. I have third eyes. All right, sorry. I do this I, every time, don't I? Yes. Selfish. Uh, Blackpool's admin seem to take particular delight in the fact that they beat us. I am actually okay with this for a very good reason. Do you understand how tiring and how grating and how gutting it was to go through last season and every fan base in the division feeling sorry for us? Do you genuinely think I want fucking Shrewsbury fans and Plymouth fans and Accrington and whoever else? Oxford fans feeling sorry for us. These country bumpkin lower league eternals feeling sorry for us? No. I want teams to think we are the big scalp. I want teams to think we are the big game. So Blackpool's Twitter admin popping off like play up Blackpool and Fratton Park silenced. In a way, good. Treat us with the goddamn gravitas that playing us deserves. Because it is high time we left Shrewsbury behind. Do you know many how do you know how many times I've been there? My footballing experience should not be condemned to watching Shrewsbury. 15 times in five seasons but here we are john <laughs> so blackpool's twitter admin getting all up to you because they beat portsmouth good we are big and we should be leaving league one yeah now you have to earn your right out of league one i've always said that and you have to beat everything that's put in front of you that's all well and good a victory north against northampton is just as good against a victory against bolton or whatever yeah but at the same time, good. I don't want fans feeling sorry for us. I don't want your sympathy. I want bus parades and I want South Sea Common. I will give you, I um, I'll give you a bit of sympathy that uh, Scotland are losing 4-0 currently to England. Good Lord. It's a dickin. <laughs> it's a dickin. It's a dickin. <laughs> okay, right. Double so dip. don't get annoyed that Blackpool's Twitter admin is copping <laughs> because that's what we should be. Yeah. We should be the big game. Team should be delighted to be even close to us. Yeah. Have you got any more third third eyes? Oh, you got another one. I'm sorry to say this to all of you, but I have figured out that Burton Albion is Britain's football club. England's football club. When you think England, you should think Burton Albion. If you were to design a football club in a laboratory, it is Burton. And I've figured this out. Burton's football crest is nought more than a fat man chasing a football. <laughs> he is the perfect representation of the average English man. The mascot is the club crest. It's a fat man with a football. <laughs> they are known as the Brewers. The average English man loves beer, and quite rightly too. They brew Carling, the shit beer. <laughs> English shit beer. <laughs> In their town, everyone, they're called the Brewers. In the pub is and nodding. do you know what is on the side of their sleeves? Their sleeve sponsor, the ultimate football drink outside of beer, Bovril. Burton have a fat man chasing a football, a brewery, and Bovril. They, and they are geographically possibly the most centralised football team in England. Geographically. Does it still stick to cow shit you this, when you but go there? Burton should be everyone's English team. Yeah. Does it still stink of cow shit when you go there? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Have you, you've been to Burton, Jeff? 
not for a while oh my god a few times I've been there it's, it's right near some farms and it stinks you get fat the blokes yeah. carling bovril cow shit Burton is the <laughs> ultimate it's like if you asked AI to generate an English football team it would generate <laughs> let's Burton do let's do it yeah. let's try it <laughs> AI there you go right I'm curious to tie dubs and dins dubs and dins let's do it uh, Dinner of the week was going to go to Alfreton for postponing their FA Cup match against Warsaw five minutes before kickoff at the weekend. However, due to the timing of this recording, a, a din of the week came in during recording. Actually, uh, while, while, before we get to the actual winner, contenders for dinner of the week, I'm actually going to give myself two nominations for dinner of the week. One for my really ham-fisted analogy about plants earlier. I felt like Lee Johnson when he was at Bristol Rovers going, a shark doesn't worry about what other sea animals think. A shark just goes around biting stuff. A shark doesn't care about Mondays. Whatever the fuck Lee Johnson's analogy is about sharks and Mondays, it's awful. But my fish analogy, uh, my plant analogy, not much better. And I missed a home game recently. I missed a home game for the first time since, like, 2020. I wasn't at the Blackpool game. I was very fucking ill. Jeez. Yeah, I could not make it. I could not go from a PO postcode to a PO postcode. I was ill. And I I feel disgraced with myself that you I missed a home much. game. Well, I, I, I missed a lot. It just, it was all shit. Uh, <laughs> however, din of the week, the din of the week will go to Accrington Stanley who was supposed to play Lincoln tonight in the Earful Trophy uh, knockout stage. The game was going ahead as of 10 a.m., 1 a.m., wait, 1 p.m. Yeah, I might as well give myself dinner of the week at this rate. 1 p.m., 4 p.m., 6 p.m., Acton Lincoln, and Lincoln is not next door to Accrington, is still going ahead at 7 p.m., 7.15, 7.30, 7 7.45. The scheduled kickoff time for the game is when the referee officially declared no game. No way. Everyone was assembled in the ground for kickoff. They, they postponed the game <coughs> at kickoff for a trophy game. Now, be- uh, northern weather, I guess. Now, bearing in mind, oh no, the draw is tomorrow. <laughs> Our game against Milton Keynes is not for an, uh, Milton Keynes, Wimbledon. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Freudian <laughs> slip! <laughs> <laughs> that generally was a mistake as well. <laughs> that was a mistake actually <laughs> our game against Wimbledon is not for another two weeks so it doesn't matter if you don't play your game in time for the draw because we're not playing for another two weeks so why, why I, well, I don't know who dinner of the week actually is it Accrington or is it the officials who, who does this shit at 7.45 when the game's supposed to kick off it's not on telly like the Alfreton game was where all of ITV's assembled and Sam Matterface is getting all moody because he's had to get out of bed to go to some non-league shithole. But se- ridiculous. Who are you giving it to? Whoever was involved in letting the game 
the not club, be post. The club have got a, you know a big part to play that. They're the ones that. But the referee, the referee could have called that off at five o'clock. Yeah, but seven forty-five. Yeah, that's a piss at take. kickoff. Yeah, that's a piss for take. a trophy game. Everyone involved then. Yeah, everyone yeah. involved yeah. with that there decision. You go. That's absurd. And how about the dub? Uh, I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot to do one. Um, Alex Robertson. Okay. Why not? Why not? He, well, a- yeah, actually, Alex Robertson's right. He got his first goal, and he put in the ultimate mercurial performance on Saturday. And do you know what? He's actually part of my song choice uh, <laughs> for the feature that I haven't actually got a name for. But I'm choosing a song every week that relates to the week or the weeks that we've had. And uh, he's actually getting uh, a song played for him, apparently, anyway. You know Luke Fiasco, superstar? I think, yes. what a fucking yes, player. He really him. is. What a player. And long may it continue. I hope it can. I think um going to be sad when he goes, really. Aren't we? He'll be back. Yeah, hopefully. Well, look, fingers crossed. If he goes, if we go up to the championship, hopefully we can we can get him back on loan. Any other business, I'm going to start off, and look, I know I said I was curious at time, but a really quick debate I want you both to have. Does Morel get back into the side on Monday? Yes. Jeff? My head says no. My heart says yes. I think, I think like I said earlier, we need to stem that flow of, of balls through to, to Dion Charles. But I just think... Sadie's performance against Burton and Northampton Sadie keeps that position in, in that 10 role see I'm and torn Robertson, I agree Robert, with this Robertson and Pack do the double pivot I do agree with this but at the same time I see where you're coming from I want Morel back mm. and it's harsh on it's who- a good headache to have isn't yeah. it it's a manager. I, I feel sorry for whoever gets dropped because they don't necessarily deserve to be dropped but I want I want Morel and Pack back if, together if Pack comes in you'll see a 4-3-3 Rather than a four-two-three-one, I think. Yeah. I want I want Morel and Pack back together. Mm. I, I've seen the best of what those two can do so far this season, and I want it for a colossal game on Monday. Well, this uh, podcast will go out before the game, obviously on Monday. So, it'll be interesting to see what you think, yeah. Poppy fans. Like, Let us know. Does Morel uh, get back into that side Monday? You know, we 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 can we can criticise Morel for his silliness of suspensions, but at the same time, if he can be in the starting eleven. I want him to be there on the I, form he's in I ain't punishing him for getting a red card not to not play no, start I, again I, I want, want him, him there just snap that snap that out and we've got a, we've got a, we know we've got a <laughs> literally. player literally yeah literally <laughs> uh, anything else you want to add lads uh, yeah keep the head yeah keep the head the response to Blackpool's been great and like I said earlier if Bishop doesn't start against Bolton or whoever does or doesn't start against Bolton is fine think back to the other Bolton game unlikely heroes and unlikely moments it's fine we find a way there and we've found a way to an, an absurd degree more than we haven't found a way so far this season so just be with them because it's noticeable it's noticeable when we're with them it's noticeable when we're not and it is. It, we are going into a cold Christmas night in front of the cameras, a top two of the table clash. We have earned our right to be there, as have Bolton. So just be with them the whole way. Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to uh, one of the young lads at 
football on a Monday, Tommy. I said I, he begged me to uh, give him a shout out on four 0 I was like, yeah, well, I did the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ask because you're a media whore, Jeff. You get everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah, Tommy, there you go, mate. I gave you a shout out. He he always listens as well. Are you charging for shout outs, Jeff? How much is it? Five pound, five pound a shout out. Yeah, I let him. I let him take an extra penalty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, as well, while we're there, um, for anyone that's um, that's a business owner or any anyone really, we're looking to upgrade our equipment for next season because uh, this is kind of slowly uh, next year. This is kind of slowly falling apart now. Uh, but if there's anyone that does want to sponsor the podcast and be the person that. Uh, could contribute to some new equipment for us you know it's going to a, to a good course so we can keep going look we'll keep going regardless like, even if we have to record it on our phones we'll do it uh, but if there's anyone out there that doesn't want to help contribute to all that we're not begging at all just like there is if someone wants to be yeah a, just don't film it we know what happened last time yeah well yeah right um, <laughs> yeah there's any curtains for us it, well, hey, yeah if you'd like to be a sponsor of the podcast we're always looking uh, so if you are interested drop us a DM and we'll sort that out uh, but yeah, there we go lads thank you very much pleasure as always oh quickly Ryan uh, weight loss update please is there one? Oh, right yeah it was just because you mentioned it no it's because you mentioned it at the start of the I know podcast. but I'd like to know what. how are we doing uh, I finally got past stone six Mate. brilliant I was ill twice in November and then between <coughs> it I got a little bit lazy because I hadn't obviously done much when I got ill um, but then I decided right no we're not ill anymore don't be a lazy bastard what you were doing da, 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 da. and then I've had a good past couple of weeks a normal past couple of weeks yeah we're, uh, it's now six stone down mate fair play I'll tell you what I want you to do as as my mate once you've uh, got to your target weight I want you to listen back to all these podcasts and hear every time I've asked you and you can uh, you can be proud of how many times you, how much weight you have lost six stone currently mate fair play thank you fair play keep it up good way to end lads it's a good way to end. Right, so we'll leave. It's a good way to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kenny, take no. That was a good way to lose. Uh, right, lads, thank you very much. And cheers to the landlord here at the uh, old house at home for putting up for us again. Uh, we've got our very own table now, basically, is ours. Oh, no, look at that. Um, we've got our own uh, we'll artwork. We'll have to update that. I'm not, I'm not that guy anymore. You see, uh, I'm a- Who is that? Who is that imposter? We need to update that. <laughs> Look, Jeff, at, well, look at that <laughs> that's mental but thank you to the uh, to the guys at the old house at home and uh, make sure you pop down for a pint soon thank you Poppy fans for listening to Three Lads in the Pub Good night. if you are what you say you are a superstar then have no fear the camera's here and the microphone's Podcast Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24 7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.